Well, greetings in Jesus' name to each of you who are watching this. As we get ready to spend a few moments together in the Word of God and uh, just allowing it to encourage us as it always ought to do and perhaps correct us a bit too, I would invite you to open your Bibles and follow along with uh, where I'm reading from. I would also invite you to uh, maybe grab a, a pen and a piece of paper or something if you want to take a few notes. At the end of this, I'm going to uh, just invite you to have some discussion about this. If you have anybody else around you, have some discussion with them about it, or at least spend some time thinking about it. And so if you want to draw us a few notes, if that helps you, that would be good. In light of the things that are happening around us, and uh, the uncertainty, and the fear, and just the, seems like the sort of unprecedented uh, time we find ourselves in, at least for me in my time, uh, I want to just spend a few moments with uh, a few words, a few verses that Paul wrote. And so if you have your Bibles, open them to Ephesians chapter 5. Paul, this is towards the end of his letter in Ephesians. And in uh, chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, Paul says this. He says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. So before we I launch into just a few things of uh, sort of specific sort of application and exhortation for what I think these verses have to say to us today, I just want to spend time with the first part of that verse. It says that we should look carefully how we walk. Now to look carefully, that word means that we should be conscious of what we're doing. We should think about what we're doing and what we're not doing. Of course, the word walk refers to activity, physical things. But it really means figuratively how we're living, like what we're doing with our lives. I think it's particularly fitting because we're sort of on lockdown, right? We're not supposed to do a whole lot of things. And it maybe makes us feel like we can, uh, we can be uh, maybe hemmed in or we, there's nothing we can do. And uh, yet these words encourage us to think carefully and consciously about what we are living, how we're living, what we're doing and the things we can do. Now this word walk, by the way, just quickly before we go on with this, it's not the first time Paul uses the word walk in the letter of, to the Ephesians. In fact, he uses it uh, five or six times uh, throughout the... It's a theme he's sort of interested in. And I thought it would be good just to briefly walk through, well, briefly to move through the text and see how he's used walk. So let, let's do that. If you would flip back, at least for me, it's going back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he says this. He says, we are his workmanship. We are God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We should live in the things that God created us to do. So no matter what the environment around us is, we know that God's word tells us we should live, we should live out, we should do the good things that God is asking. Now in chapter 4, verse 1, he begins the, this chapter by saying, I, therefore, a prisoner to the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Are we walking? What does it look like? Are we walking worthy of the calling to which we've been called? The Lord has a high calling for us. Are we walking worthy of that? Just a few verses later in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17, he says this, Now this I say, and I testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They're darkened in their understanding and they're alienated from the life of God. 
Now this seems particularly applicable right now because as, as it seems like the society around us may be losing their minds or may be giving in to fear and panic, maybe we ought to recognize that we're not to walk as those who are unbelievers walk. We're not to live as they do, particularly in the futility of our minds, having them being darkened in our understanding of who God is and who we are. Now that's not to say we ignore the things. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell us we ignore what the people around us are saying. I'm trying to say that the futility, the fear, the panic that gives into our minds want to give into, that's not from the Lord. That's not, that's not with his understanding. Let me keep, uh, keep working through this. Now in chapter 5, uh, he begins that by saying we should be imitators of God. And in verse 2 he says we should walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Maybe one of the biggest things that's causing fear and panic among us is the fact that there's something going around that has the capability to, to hurt, to kill even. And these verses say that we should imitate God, we should walk in love as Christ walked in love, as Christ loved us, and as he gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering. Just a few verses later, he says the same thing. He says, we should not become partners with darkness, but we should walk in the light, uh, walk as children of light, sorry. He says, we are, we are now in the light of the Lord, we should walk as children of light. And all that brings us to the verse that I began with here, that we should look carefully, we should think consciously about what we're doing. We should not walk as wise, or as unwise, but as wise people, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Well, having spent time with the first part of that sentence, let's spend now time with the second part, because that's really what I want to get us to. That's really what the, the, the thrust of this message is. If we are thinking carefully about how we're living our lives, and we're looking around at what's happening around us right now in our lives, we want to not do this as unwise people, as foolish people. We want to do it as wise people, knowing the will of God. And it says that we should make the best use of the time that we have. Things have changed dramatically for most of us. Maybe for some of us, we'd say, well, life hasn't changed too much. In my own home, we homeschool our children. We're home during the daytime. Maybe it's not that different to, to have the kids at home and have mom and dad both at home. But for many of us, that is a different reality than what we're used to. So we have this, this, this thing presented to us and these words say that we should make the best use of the time we have. To make the best use of, by the way, depending on what translation you're reading, uses the word redeem. We should redeem the time. That word means that we should, we should buy back from loss. That's really what the word redeem means. Buy back from loss. Think about Christ's redemption of us. We were lost and Christ redeemed us. He bought us back. He, 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 he took us out of a place of loss and put us into a place of gain or of opportunity. And that's really what those words mean. The word time means the opportunity, the occasion. If I could put it some other way, we should take advantage of the opportunity that we have. That's simply put what these verses mean. So here today, I want to encourage you. What does it mean to take advantage of the opportunity we have because of the coronavirus? Because of being restricted in our time. Because of being told that we're not supposed to go to places. We're not supposed to, we're supposed to interrupt our normal social activities. So much to the point that we can't even gather together in churches because the group is too big. What does it mean to take advantage of the opportunity that we have?
I think for us, this breaks down very simply. This fits in very nicely with the theme of going back to the basics. That's where we, that's where I led us to the beginning of this year. And of course, I had no idea. And I'm not saying there's anything prophetic about this at all. I had no idea uh, how important this could, will become for us this year. But this is an opportunity for us to go back to the basics of our walk with the Lord. If you remember, the primary undergirding of that theme, back to the basics, was when they approached Jesus and they said, or they asked him, what's the most important thing we should do? What's the most important command? And Jesus said, listen, you should recognize that the Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is first, he is most important. He is unified. And you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And he said the second is like this. You should love others as you love yourself. On these two commands hang the entire rest of all the things that God wants from us. So what does it look like to take advantage of the opportunity given to us because of the, the current restrictions we're under? I would tell us very simply, it means that we should love God, we should grow in our love for God and our love for others. But let me give you some things that you can really hang your hat on. You can really, you can really like work out in your life, really apply to, your, uh, to what's happening. We're to love God. What does it mean to love God? I would tell you to love God means that we should spend time with Him. We should spend time in His Word. We should spend time praying and talking to Him. Take the opportunity to grow in your devotion and love for God. You want me to get even more practical? I would say, in the opportunity that's given to us, can we challenge ourselves? Can we require of ourselves, making the best use of our time, can we require of ourselves that we read more of God's Word than we read of the news? We read more from the Bible than we do from Facebook. We get more input from Him than we do from our TV. I think that would qualify as growing in our love for God. I think that would take advantage of the opportunity that's given to us. Read more from the Word than you do from the news. In the same vein, can we require of ourselves or challenge ourselves, ask ourselves, what, what does it look like to talk to God more about these things than we talk to other people? If you're like me, the topic of conversation anywhere I happen to have a chance for conversation is all about what's happening with the coronavirus and what, what's happening, what, what the government's deciding to do and what they're asking us to do and whether we agree with it, whether we don't agree with it, all, all that aside, am I willing to spend more time talking to God about this than I am talking with other people about it? If I'm going to take advantage of the opportunity that's given to me and I want to grow in my love for God, I think perhaps God wants to have more of our time in conversation than we're giving it to other people. And I'm... Let me just say this. That doesn't mean we should stop talking to other people about it. Maybe we should even be spending more time with each other in prayer about this. Instead of spending our, our time hemming and hawing and wishing we could change things and thinking it shouldn't be like this or wishing we could do more of this or they're taking away our freedom or doing this, or whatever it might be, maybe we could spend our time with each other asking the Lord what He wants from us, asking Him to turn our hearts toward Him. Asking the Holy Spirit to draw us into obedience no matter what our situation is. And helping us see what that is. The third thing I would give to you in growing in our love for God and the opportunity we have is since we're supposed to walk carefully, to look carefully how we're walking, I would say we should consciously choose to reject fear and trust God.
He is the supreme commander of the universe, the creator of everything we have seen. He is the one who has loved us and chosen us. He is the one who, for whom nothing is impossible. I think for us to walk faithfully to him means we consciously reject fear and choose to trust in God. Every moment when those doubts begin to come in, every opportunity when the enemy seems to press in, or when we get discouraged, or when we're feeling lonely, or when we think this is going to be too much because the kids are going crazy around me and I'm not sure how we're going to handle this, that we say, I will reject fear and I will trust God. I believe, by the way, this will happen much more easily, much more naturally, when we have spent more time reading God's Word than reading the news, and when we spent more time talking to Him about this than talking to others about this. Let's take advantage of the opportunity that is given to us. The second thing I want to push out for you in taking advantage of the opportunity is to love others. That's the second part of the second command, to love others. And we have tremendous opportunity right now to love others. And the first place I want to begin with that is I think this means that we should be a family. And obviously we're in families, many of us. Some of you maybe are, are, are single or not. Maybe this doesn't apply quite so much. Uh, but most of us are part of a family. And I don't mean like be a family like you already are physically. But take advantage of the opportunity given to us to really be a family, to spend time together. You know, you've just had your calendar cleared for the most part for the next three weeks. Take advantage of that opportunity to be together as a family, to spend time as mom and dad and children, if that's what your family looks like, grandparents, if, that's, if they're involved, or whoever else may be part of your household. Be a family. Together spend time. And of course, we could, I could encourage you or challenge you to do all kinds of spiritual things. If you're not doing family devotions, begin now. If you're not spending time with other things, do it now in the Word together and encouraging and praying with each other. But I'm talking even just simply spending time together. Don't waste this opportunity by each of us going into our own private times with our own phones and our own devices, watching our own TV. Watch, Spend time together. Play a game together. Talk with each other. Share meals together. Be a family. I would add to that that this is a tremendous opportunity for us to be friends, to care about others, to be kind and compassionate. Perhaps you don't have a family you're, you're living with, or perhaps it doesn't make so much sense, but certainly all of us can be friends with those that we're in a home with or those that we may happen to bump into because, you know, we're still bumping into people here and there. We're still having opportunities to spend a few moments with other people. Be friends. Be kind. Be compassionate. Help each other. Share willingly. The Bible is very clear. No matter how much we have, we can all give generously to those around us. And the Lord honors that. The measure with which we sow, that's the measure that will be given back to us. Do we trust the Lord in this? Be a friend. Be kind and compassionate. Look for those who are lonely and speak life into them. And the final thing I want to bring about this, we should be families, we should be, take opportunities to be friends, and we should certainly take this opportunity to be a witness. More than any other time that I could think of in the culture around us, at least in recent years, is the fact that people are now acutely aware of the need for hope, the need for something that will, that will secure something beyond this life. They're acutely aware of the limitations of humanity, of how we can't just overcome everything at the snap of our fingers. They're acutely aware that there are things that are outside of our control. 
take advantage of the opportunity that is given to us to be a witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ, to the hope that he offers, to the truth that we can be made right with our creator by trusting in Jesus. To the hope that is given that when we do that, there's something that lasts far beyond what this life has to offer. Brothers and sisters, during these days of uncertainty, during this time when everything seems to be an upheaval, let's not hide away, tuck our heads under the covers, and pray for the moment to pass. But let's walk carefully, look carefully at how we're walking, not being unwise, but being wise, and make the best use of the time, because the days are evil. There's things happening around us. There's sin is affecting us. Let's take advantage of the opportunity given to us. Let's grow in our love for God during this time. Let's grow in our love for others during this time. Let's be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks so much for paying attention to this. I hope it stirred some thoughts with you. I would encourage you, if you have anybody around you right now at all, that you just take a few moments when, uh, after I pray here, just take a few moments uh, and, and spend some time in dialogue, uh, allowing, uh, being vulnerable with each other, allowing the Holy Spirit to prick us where we maybe aren't quite so sure in our faith or maybe aren't quite taking advantage of the opportunity that, that, that's afforded to us right now and to, and to pray with each other, asking the Lord to help us to take advantage of this. But for now, let's pray. with God, thank you so much that you have given us such a time as this. It seems weird to say thank you, for it does affect us, but it brings us out of routine and helps us to find out the things that really are shaken around us and which things really cannot be shaken. And God, that's you. Jesus, what you've done for us, that's you. Holy Spirit inside us, that's you that cannot be shaken. We want to trust in you. We want to rely on you. We want to grow in our love for you. We want to be made aware that perhaps if this is causing us to drift away from you, then we maybe have not been so secure in our relationship with you as we think so. And God, we're sorry about that. We want to grow in our love for you. We want to cry out to you. We want to uh, be on our knees and on our faces before you, asking you to intervene in our lives, in our situations, and not just in ours, but those around us. Help us to take advantage of the opportunity to be a family, to be friends, to really care about each other, and to be a witness for Jesus Christ. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will not ever leave us or forsake us. That you are the uniting thread between all of us who claim the name of Jesus Christ. Even when we're not in the same physical space. And God, we give you glory for the good things that you can and will do to redeem the situation around us. We want to be part of that. And we ask for your help to do that in Jesus' name. Amen.